0: The Math Rock Times Fest was shaping up to be the biggest math rock festival in the United States, possibly even the world, at least in terms of number of performers. Sixty-plus bands would play over two days on two stages, including big-name headliners like Floral, Standards, Hikes, and Elephant Gym, plus camping and food trucks and somehow the idea of axe-throwing started to get around. The best part was that it would all conveniently take place just outside of Austin, Texas, during South by Southwest, but that didn't happen. Fans who ended up attending expected a two-day camping festival in a wide-open field featuring all their favorite bands. What they got instead was a couple of back-to-back shows at a dive bar way, way outside of town with a lot of small local acts and almost none of the bands whose names were even big enough to read on the poster. So what happened to the Math Rock Times Fest? Well, it all centers around one person, the creator of the Math Rock Times blog and organizer of the festival, Channing Chu. I've never met Channing, and I did not trek the nearly 2,000 miles down to Austin to see how this thing shook out, so I can't say firsthand. No, if I'm going to tell the story of the Math Rock Times fest, it would be best if you heard it straight from the people involved, the performers, attendees, and co-organizers themselves.
1: Um, so I'm Zen. So yeah, I was, the, I was supposed to be holding the fest at my property, or not necessarily my property, but the property I was leasing at the moment. And I was also in charge of uh, booking some of the bands.
0: In 2018, Zen put on a DIY showcase of Texas mass rock bands during South by Southwest at the property he was renting. It was
1: a lot more uh, DIY. And since the
0: show went well, he decided to do it again in 2019. His landlord gave him permission to hold another show, and he started putting together the plans for another small DIY showcase of local bands.
1: So I guess once the word got around that I was going to be throwing like another, I guess, unofficial showcase, that's when Matthew Chan had reached out to me.
0: Channing Chu goes most often by the name Matthew Chan, at least online. It's the name he uses on his blog and its official Facebook page. Sometimes he'll switch it up and go by Matthew Chan. Both of these, he says, are pen names. Whether or not they're strictly names he writes under or something more is an issue we'll get to later. But before we do... You might hear some people refer to any or all of those names interchangeably. Just remember, they're all talking about the same guy.
1: Pretty much like what my plan was, was to kind of have like the same thing I did last year, but for two days. He asked me like, hey, um, because I was already trying to book like some of the, the more local bands already. He asked me like, hey, you know, you think we can team up for this? And I was like, yeah, you know, I know he had a name to him. So I was like, sure, like, you know, I could definitely use the help. And he was like, well, you know, uh, can I just ask for one favor? And I was like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, well, can we call it the Math Rock Times Fest? And, you know, I, I kind of wanted it to just call it like the DIY Math Rock Showcase, you know, since that's kind of what I was intending it as. You know, after a while, I was just like, yeah, you know, I guess I'll just let him change the name for it. Once Channing had secured the venue, he started to book some pretty
0: high-profile acts, like Elephant Gym. That gave his event the kind of perceived legitimacy he needed to book other big names, like standards. I'm Marcos Mena. I play guitar in a band
2: called Standards. I was booking our tour to the East Coast, and I was struggling to find an Austin date because it was South by Southwest. So he messaged me and um, said, hey, would you like to play this festival I'm putting together we have Elephant Gym and all these other bands, and we're going to get more
0: bands and it's going to be great. It sounded like a win for sure, on top of the killer sales pitch. Channing was promising a pretty decent guarantee for a small band without a label. Besides, if this guy got Elephant Gym, an international touring act that was flying in from Taiwan, he must be legit, right?
2: Traveling with three people is not exactly cheap, and uh, to have a guarantee lined up on our first show was really, really good. So seemed like a smart business decision to do this. Play with a lot of bands, could sell a lot of merchandise, get to our next stop with a a lot of money in her pocket.
0: The only problem was Channing didn't know how to book a festival, though he was getting the occasional bit of advice from people who did.
3: Uh, My name is Danny Lakey. Um, I book music, specifically Math Rock Music in Denton, Texas under Bolivar Booking, and I play Math Rock Music. Early on, Channing uh, contacted me for basically advice because I book a, a festival that's had two successful iterations called Plus Fest. He saw that I was able to do it, um and he wanted some advice
0: in fact danny knew channing because of the first plus fest he hooked up with the math rock times fest during that event to live stream portions of it on their facebook page so when he got the idea to throw his own channing knew who he could turn to
3: i was essentially just a consultant on individual i guess items or um i I essentially gave him advice on you know oh this is how you kind of lock down a band or, you know, it, it was a lot of the communication aspects of things. He seemed to be very, uh, I don't know, inquisitive and maybe even um, uninformed about how uh, one goes about talking to and locking in high profile bands for a festival such as that one.
0: In addition to wanting his advice, Channing also asked if Danny's band Yearner could make it out to Austin to play the Math Rock Times Fest.
3: Yeah, early on, uh, he kind of gave me a couple bands that were supposed to participate, and um, I thought it was a pretty cool opportunity. We had never played out of of the DFW area before, so I was like, you know, why not get Yerner on it?
0: Quick note for anyone unfamiliar, DFW stands for Dallas-Fort Worth, a major metropolitan area about three hours north of Austin, Texas. Okay, back to Danny.
3: It seemed that uh, everything was good to go from there, so we were on pretty early on. He didn't tell me what
0: bands Channing name dropped in their initial talks, but I do know about one case in which he was less than truthful about the lineup in order to boost potential performers' perception of the show.
4: My name is Bo Harris, and I play guitar and sing for the Midwest-based math rock band, Old News. So we had known about the Math Rock Times, like the website for, you know, months, somewhere that I had discovered new music all the time, and they were kind enough to carry or uh, cover our second EP And Matthew reached out to us on November 25th about playing the festival. Um, He said Delta Sleep was headlining. And since that's like my favorite band, you know, we jumped on it. And turns out they weren't even on the festival. But we got to open for Elephant Gym.
0: That's the weird thing. The bit about Elephant Gym was true. They really did end up playing. Either way, his strategy was working. By cashing in on these big names, Channing was starting to build a decent amount of hype for his festival. He was selling tickets and two-day camping passes through Eventbrite. He was selling sponsorships, but his partner didn't quite grasp how massive an endeavor the whole thing was turning into. Here's
1: Zen again. You know, a lot of the, like things just started getting more like serious. Like, you know, I, I told them, you know, like I'll, I'll book the bands and I'll supply the place, but you know, if you really wanted to be called the Math Rock Times Fest or you know, be more involved, then you know, just being in charge of like the promotion, the contacting and the funding, you know, because I didn't I didn't come into this with any funding. Like I said, it was I came at it as like a completely DIY stance.
0: At that point, no one really knew what was going on behind the scenes. Not even Zen. Channing was doing the rest himself with no experience, no connections and no one to check his work. And things probably would have stayed that way if he hadn't gone and booked another Dasad.
5: My name is Mance Fine. I play bass for uh, the band, Another Decide. We're from Austin. Um, I wasn't familiar with the Math Art Times really at all uh, prior to that, but started looking into it kind of
6: after we would gotten booked. Uh, my name is Mark Schroth. Uh, I work in production for a living. I'm an audio engineer. I work at really big festivals all the time and help coordinate things. Originally, uh, my band, Another Desaad, we got picked up to just play the fest. And uh, about two or three months out, I messaged Matthew Chan, the uh, the person who booked us, and I was like, "Hey, uh, just reaching out to see if you've worked out what you're doing for sound and lighting, maybe video, anything you might want to do for production, you know, to really make." make sure the festival is uh, going all right. because I've got a lot of connections in the Austin area with, uh, you know, all sorts of gear. And uh, he said that he would definitely need my help and would be happy to have my help. We
5: kind of realized after having that initial conversation with him, he had no idea of the logistics that go into planning an event this big.
1: You know, he started talking about getting urinals and, you know, I was like, oh, man, I guess uh, guess he's wanting an f- actual festival. Next thing you know, I found out that he was continuing to book, even like, I mean, I would say a little bit over 30 days before the actual show even happened. It was 60-plus bands. Um, I had probably booked myself like a good 20, 25 bands. Um, I really, really didn't want it to go past like 30 to 40 bands, really. So it was like we had two different perspectives, and I really didn't know like exactly how big it was supposed to be
5: you know that was the other thing that alarmed me was when I saw him continuing to book bands after he already had like freaking like sixty bands booked like it was uh, like two weeks before the fest, and he was still posting in the math instrumental exchange, like still adding bands
6: um at first, just as a performer it was you know it was pretty minimal it was. Oh, here's our stuff. Oh, cool. I like it. Yeah, I'll put you on. Great. And then once we actually started talking to him about the details of the festival, I was like, oh, shit, this guy's got no idea what he's doing. And he's in
0: completely over his head. He even managed to forget about some of the bands that he booked.
4: What actually happened was he said we were on the festival. And then he turns out that he never actually put us on the lineup. And so we were asking about details, you know, I'm talking like weeks in advance, and he had to turn around and like find us a time slot. People asked to play on that festival, and um, so a lot of them were like submitted bands, but he reached out to us personally and like used us to promote the festival, um, you know, put us on his website about it, you know, on Facebook and Instagram. And then like we weren't even actually on the lineup until like three weeks before, so that was kind of frustrating.
3: Yeah, I was pretty much uh, with the rest of everybody kind of watching things unfold at first, obviously being pretty elated that something as cool as this was happening and then realizing, um, you know, in stages that it may not be as well planned out or any of that as uh, as initially we thought, so
2: Fast forward to about you know, a few weeks before the festival, um, there are a lot of people that are raising concerns about the festival itself. It had gone from about 10 bands to 60, to people that aren't aware, 60 bands is a ridiculous amount of bands to have on anything. I think Warp Tour at its height probably would have something like that, but they had like four or five stages, and their operating hours were like 11 to nine. So this dude's operating hours were like 10 or 11 to like midnight, and he had two stages. I don't think that's actually logistically possible between two days to have 30 bands play every single day. He was saying, he was giving away hints that he really didn't have enough funding to kind of materialize the festival. You know, to like, to run a festival, you need a lot of capital. Um, It's a very, very expensive thing to do, Um, especially if you're doing it all yourself and you don't have a venue, so, the fact that he had booked such a tremendously large festival with uh, a doubted budget was like concerning to a lot of people
5: um so we then find out he doesn't you know all of his budget that he had is basically gone into guarantees for the band
6: he had no budget for pa no budget for lighting and um I kind of jumped into the conversation, you know, giving him everything that maybe he didn't think about. Like, hey, you're trying to have a campout festival. You're going to need sight lighting. Uh, You're going to need, you know, something for a lighting rig on your outdoor stage. Your outdoor stage needs to have some sort of cover in case it starts raining. Because that was, you know, it's March in Texas. It's probably going to rain. And all these things, he was just kind of like, oh... Wow, yeah, I guess that's a good idea, huh? I was just trying to get him to actually put together something for an actual budget so this would be workable on my end. So I'm not trying to, like, you know, extend professional, you know, favors and stuff like that with the people that I work with that actually own the gear. We came to the agreement that um, Mance would fund. Up front, the cost of renting the gear, we would run both stages inside and a- outside as far as production to make sure that nothing happened to the gear, first and foremost. Um, but to make sure that, you know, there were some competent people making sure that the bands were mixed well, making sure that everything was set up properly, making sure that the run of show happened on time. And um, in exchange for fronting that, he would pay us back via ticket sales.
0: Just to put a fine point on that, the people who actually cared enough to dig deep into the details of the festival were so concerned by what the organizer was telling them that they offered to basically run it for him.
6: Just with the logistics involved with trying to book the most busy music week probably in the world from Kansas not really understanding the lay of the land of Austin and all the things that go into South By, um, and doing it on his own with no money. Like, that's that was the recipe for disaster.
0: I have to wonder, why would anyone go through all that effort for a complete stranger? Why would they put up hundreds of dollars of their own money and run a show that they practically had nothing to do with?
6: the sure way that things like math rock fest don't happen is if someone shits the bed and people have a bad time and it's such a fragile thing getting a successful festival venture up and running even for completely competent people with you know big budgets it's still challenging and uh we thought that we could um you know mitigate the damage
0: If that doesn't explain it for you, you just have to accept the fact that Mark and Mance are really, really nice guys who went out of their way to salvage what would have been an absolute disaster without them. But despite their best efforts to keep things going behind the scenes, they didn't have any control over Channing, who was starting to put a strain on his relationships with his headliners.
2: Uh, He kept lowering the amount that he was promising us. Uh, I've never, ever once had that happen to me. In my entire like you know five six years of playing music for money but he, he kept dropping it at first it was like you know $75 and then he dropped it a whole hundred dollars um, and he basically dropped it like 40% I understood and I was being a really really nice guy about it because I, I understood you know he seemed like he had his heart in the right place and he was trying to make this festival happen but then something even something really weird happened we had played uh, a few shows leading up to this big tour we were doing, and um, we had played at San Francisco. Somebody took a video of us playing in San Francisco and put it up on the Math Rock subreddit. And then I start reading the comments, and there's this guy, and he's like going really, really hard on on Kindwin and saying all this really misogynistic shit. And I'm like really perturbed by it, you know. Um, but I chalk it up to nothing more than some you know, crazy guy on the internet, you'll always have that. Uh, Kynwin and uh, her partner Jace uh, have a other uh, math rock appreciation group called uh, Odd Times and Atmospheres. That group had gotten um, into a small feud with Matthew. Uh, Are you referring to him as Matthew Chan or are you referring to him as uh, his real name?
0: Marcos was one of the only people who seemed to have any insight into who this person was. This guy from out of town who was promising to throw the biggest math rock festival the country had ever seen without even telling most of his performers his real name.
2: No, he he would always he, he always goes under Matthew or Matthew. Um, his dudes had like twenty aliases from what I know. Um this is kind of a sidebar to the story, but um let's just say let's just call him Channing because that's his real name.
0: When Mark found out, it didn't seem to faze him.
6: I showed up and I saw him, I was like, Hey, are you are you math? Matthew? And he's like, uh, yeah, actually my name is Channing, but Matthew is my pen name. So people call me Matthew Channing, but my name is Channing Chu or something like really weird and convoluted. And we're like, okay,
0: whatever you say. Identity confusion aside, standards drummer Kinewin had a not so pleasant run in with Channing in the past, something she and Marcos thought was ironed out when standards joined the festival. So they had already had a history, and
2: I knew that going into accepting the festival. I told him, hey, I need you to treat Kimun respectfully. I don't know what happened between the two of you, but I frankly don't care. I just want her to be treated well. Somebody messages me and says, hey, you, you know that this guy who's commenting, this guy works for the Math Rock Times. And I'm like, are you serious? This guy who's, like, saying all this, like, misogynistic shit. So I messaged him, and I said, this kind of goes against everything I said, you know, when I first accepted the offer. Um, I know this guy works for you and I'm not really cool with it. And he freaks out and it's like, no, 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 no. We, I never, that guy doesn't work for us anymore. And, um, you know, it's not, it's just a big misunderstanding. And I'm going to raise your guarantee back to the original amount. So this guy is like, he's all over the map. And on top of that, he's yo-yoing my guarantee, which, you know, a band coming from halfway across the country it's not really a great thing to do if you're trying to establish good relations, but it seemed okay to me, and I was really blindsided by just trying to get through this tour financially, which was really dumb of me, and I've learned since that it's more important to make the right calls in terms of uh, trusting your gut if something is not looking right, which it wasn't at that point, point. and my biggest regret is not pulling out at that moment.
0: At the beginning of March, around two weeks out, Channing had been posting erratic updates to the Facebook event page. He lamented the huge financial burden the Fest had put on him, presumably now that he had to pay back Mark and Mance for all the gear they rented. Which by the way, he didn't mention, ever. Mark and Mance got no credit for all the help they gave him. It's hard to get a read on what his actual financials looked like. Marcos wasn't comfortable giving me dollar amounts on the guarantees promised to him. But there is something that might help paint a picture of Channing's funding situation. Porta potties. In his initial calculations, Channing hadn't allocated a budget for porta potties. He held out on them for a while, but when he finally broke down and decided to solve the issue of where are these hundreds of people going to take a shit in an open field, he posted his ingenious solution on Facebook. He proudly announced that he would get camping toilets, surrounded by flimsy tents for privacy, in lieu of expensive porta potties. Guests would enter the tent, conduct their business, lift out a bag filled with their own excrement, and dispose of it elsewhere. Attached to the update was a picture of the setup, in case you had trouble conjuring that image for yourself. The backlash was immediate. In response, he updated the post, adding that they would have trash receptacles nearby, so no one would have to walk that far while carrying a bag of their own feces. Some people started bringing up Fire Festival. When the uproar refused to die down, Channing caved and rented actual porta-potties. Offhandedly, he mentioned that they cost him more than twice the revenue of pre-sale tickets and camping passes. By our estimates, this means he probably had about $1,600 raised from ticket sales to run his festival. We're not sure if he had his own money to begin with, or how much he raised, if any, from selling sponsorships, but with the guarantees promised to the bands, the money owed to Bark and Mance for gear rental, and the cost of sanitary defecation, it certainly looked like Channing was in the red. But. With Mark and Mance hammering out the logistics and, let's be honest, running a show for him, it seemed as though the biggest hurdle had been overcome in spite of Channing's unwillingness to ensure his own success. His occasional strange outbursts and off-kilter behavior somehow weren't scaring away his headliners or guests. All things considered, the Math Rock Times Fest should have been crashing and burning, but unbelievably, it was still forging ahead.
6: And really, of all the things that we envisioned going wrong,
0: Losing the land was not the thing that we expected to happen. If you were following the event on Facebook, this is probably where you saw things start to go belly up in a real public way. Someone anonymously told the local fire marshal about the festival. Miraculously though, when he showed up, he gave them the okay to proceed. The real issue was Zen's landlord still thought it was the same small house show he okayed from last year.
1: So since I'm on a lease, anytime, like let's say if I get like the police department or uh, I have to get something inspected or anything, my landlord gets contacted as well. The
0: timeline gets a little fuzzy here. As early as five days out from the festival, Channing posted publicly, asking if anyone else had a house out in the country or some other venue where he could throw his fest but several people told me that the incident with Zen's landlord happened the day before the festival on March 14th.
6: We loaded up all the gear that we rented, paid for everything, and I showed up to the grounds on site and uh, I started looking around, kind of surveying things, getting a lay of the land, and uh, started you know, formulating my plan of attack. And uh, not even five minutes later, Someone
1: pulls up in a truck. So this was like the day before the show. Apparently my landlord blew up on Channing.
6: And uh, the guy's driving was like, hey, who's in charge? And Matthew, because it was just Matthew and I there. And he was like, I guess that's me. And he's like, any kind of party or concert or anything happening here is not happening. If you show up, The police will be waiting at the end of the street, and you'll all be arrested for trespassing. This land's been sold, and I am the owner, and nobody asked me, so the answer is no. I don't want anyone, you know, coming out here and getting hurt on my land, and then I get sued, or, you know, the people that bought it get sued because now the land's been sold.
1: We had house shows there all the time. Nothing was ever an issue, but he had never attended one. So I guess whenever he saw it, like there in person, he just kind of freaked out a little bit and uh, we just had to move it.
0: Channing didn't have any choice. He had to let everyone know about the venue change. People bought tickets and were coming in from out of town. So without alerting any of the bands personally, he posted on the Facebook event page, cryptically announcing that the venue had fallen through.
3: And we we realized that it was probably getting out of hand when There were, you know, things posted on the event page just from the Matthew Chan account that were not planned, that were just kind of, you know, not official announcements, just what seemed like, I don't even know, just like his thoughts, like the venue might be falling through or something like that. I I forget the actual wording, but it definitely seemed like he was kind of at wit's end about everything.
6: And we just kind of... Started making all the calls that I could think of to uh, venues and people who throw house shows and everything. And
3: I didn't know if the festival itself would even take place. A lot of us were observing that it would probably be pretty prudent of him to cancel the event um as to not you know cause losses to anybody who hadn't traveled a long way obviously pretty much everybody but elephant Jim uh and some smaller touring acts that had come through from you know around the country they could have easily found other shows which a lot of them did but it was pretty clear that elephant Jim, um they they had some money invested in this so i couldn't really tell what he was going to do at that point he had like
6: two hundred dollars that he could spend on a venue. And he's trying to get something with three or four hundred capacity on twelve hours' notice at the end of Music Week during South by, and I'm just like, "This isn't going to happen."
3: It was just completely up in the air, and you know when you throw something that's as massive as this up in the air, it, it's hard to catch coming down.
2: So uh, we start driving. Uh, it's me and Julian, who's our tour manager. And we start driving from L.A. The first day we're driving is the 14th. And that afternoon, uh, Channing makes an announcement that the venue has been moved.
4: We were playing in Dallas the night before, and we were touring with a band called Idea, who is also on the festival. And one of their members kind of tipped us off that things were getting pretty sketchy. We heard that the venue pulled out and that there was possibly another one, but we were never reached out to on any platform to confirm that with us. And so we had to find out about the venue change by digging through comments on a Facebook thread on the event. So that was the way that we found out that our time slot had changed, that there was a whole other venue. Um, You know, we tried to message the guy about it and we received no response that night. So we just kind of drove into Austin, hoping for the best.
3: So the only way he was in touch uh, with anybody was very sparsely over Facebook Messenger. The only times you know we were, I was able to get any answer out of him was when I specifically contacted him and followed up a, a, a number of times.
2: My immediate thought was, "This isn't good." Like, and I, I was relaying all this to Julian, who was driving, and we had to drive for two hours or two days, fourteen hours each day. And to hear that a venue has been moved the day before a festival was completely unheard of to the both of us. And Julian said, you know, in my you know, years and years and years of booking experience with DIY music, never once has it ever happened where a venue has been moved, let alone not, not just a venue. Like it would be something if it was five bands or something and you could relocate that, you know, in a day. This is 65 acts with, you know, Every, there has to be two front of houses. There has to be two people controlling lighting, uh, amenities, setting up porta potties, uh, food, water. Like this is a, a huge, huge, huge undertaking on its own. So to move a venue 24 hours before is literally impossible. It, you've, you physically cannot do that. And so eventually I'm sitting there and I'm just like, what? The? You know, like I don't I don't even know how to react to that because it is completely unheard of.
3: I could tell he really cared about what was happening and that he was very, very invested in it. Uh, But I could also tell that he, you know, the, the, the thing he wanted most was for it to keep going.
0: For many of the performers, this was the breaking point. They had their doubts, sure, but this fiasco just confirmed all their fears. Over the next 24 hours, Channing's festival, which had survived incompetence and overconfidence so far, would lose its headliners as well. But that's for next time. See you in part two.